Welcome to Into the West, a Middle Earth SVG podcast where we discuss competitive side of the game. My name is Charles. With me today are Richard, Ian, and special guest, Mitchell. Hey, what's going on? <clears throat> so Mitchell recently came on uh, the podcast to talk about the Dragon Emperor of Rune. If you guys haven't checked out that episode, please take a look at our, our channel. And Mitchell is back to join us in another tier list video and in this video we'll be tiering the legendary legions from defense of the north i was totally on a different day we just chose to wear the same clothes yes <laughs> with the exact same camera setup as y'all know yeah <laughs> we requested for that <laughs> yes it the took a lot of nudity guys are top <laughs> so we have six legendary legions today to tier and i'm looking forward to it i don't know how many of these we're going to all agree on the book's been out for a while we've played either with or against some of these legions and we'll give our thoughts so the first legendary legion we have up is the army of dale so we've done an episode on this last episode of season two uh, where we had sean on as a guest we we broke down the the new dale heroes and also this legendary legion where do you guys think this legion lands on the tier list? Well, we didn't see a lot of Dale in the competitive scene before, and we still haven't. I don't know. I personally haven't really encountered it. I've seen it a little bit. There's like one or two local guys who are running it. In my local scene, I have two guys that run it pretty consistently. And uh, obviously now with the legendary legion, they run it just more because they were playing pure dale before and that's kind of where i i see it yeah i think with the addition of the two heroes and the knights it is kind of more fleshed out now as an army i think we were all in agreement that the two heroes are not super competitive just their their base profiles this legion basically is the dale army except it gives you all swarm protectors so basically you have fearless across the board as long as king brand is alive so that that's a great rule that helps the army scale in higher points especially facing armies with a lot of terror i do think there are still a lot of things that the army doesn't have um, so i think i think it, it could do well but maybe only at certain points levels like I'd probably put it somewhere in the middle and maybe the fortitude tiered. I don't know if you guys agree with that. That's, I mean, that's what I was thinking compared to like the rest of the lists that are coming. I think it probably sits somewhere in fortitude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, as to your comment on them, like the points level, I think it probably 600 is probably where it plays best. Cause I mean, you get the two named heroes and a captain. And then you can kind of just bulk out on troops and you get a reasonable number of troops. Like above that, your options are going into the Windlands, which is not good. And another, and just more captains. So you're not doing a lot. It's still going to be a fight for a horde with a lot of three plus strength three shooting bows, no matter like how you run it. So I don't know. It's, it's still going to be solid. And then, Swarm Protector is great. Like, it, it'll keep this list in the game as long as you keep the king alive. Yeah, it kind of seems like with a Swarm Protector, it reminds me a little bit like Theodred's Guard, but I think Theodred's Guard is a little bit more fleshed out 
in the different options. And Theodred being a mounted hero, of course, that gives it a, another dimension. I like the addition of the knights because, you know, Dale traditionally before this profile was all about their shooting. So, you know, once you get into combat with them before, you could basically uh, just take them out if you didn't lose too many numbers. But now, you know, there's there's a little bit of thinking involved once you get into combat. But I will say, like Charles said, the heroes are a bit underwhelming. I'm not exactly sure if they're even better value than Geryon, which is kind of nice because, you know, we've talked about this in the past that we don't love legendary legions that take over an entire army list. We want multiple ways to play an army list so that's kind of nice yeah i'd agree with all of that that was uh said the thing that i'll rebuttal with a little bit is i actually rate this a little bit higher for me this is going to be a valor it's a perfect balance that if you want to go with pure dale you'll go with this but it's not necessarily the best choice because you can ally dale and get Girion. So there's 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 decisions like what Richard was saying. There's it's kind of nice to have the decision making, but with this uh, legendary legion, what it gives you is not only the fearless, but with the addition of the heroes and the knights, it gives you a lot of strength three shooting that hits on three plus, and if you charge it, it gets bonuses. It not only forces your opponent to come to you but when they do come to you you get even more bonuses because of the knights and uh because of bard the second right because they get the plus one bonus when you charge them so it's kind of like if you get the right scenario it's actually pretty good if you were going to go pure dale anyways i don't know why you wouldn't do this legion so it's good enough to do that but it's not necessarily that pure dale is always the option personally i i have never played this it's all theory in my mind but that's how i kind of see it Anyone swayed by that? Swayed enough I, to move this to Valor? I can see an argument for Valor. I mean, in our Dale episode, I think we agreed to give this army about a seven. I think that the knights add a lot, right? Like like you guys have said, it also bumps up the army from being a D5 army to having D6. And that's a big difference in the meta. You know, having access to the D6, I think, adds competitive value. The thing that holds me back from going full-on Valor are just the heroes. Mm. I don't really like either of the named heroes, like a little bit more like efficient or cheaper in cost. I, I might be more persuaded than it'd be more of like a spam sort of horde army to me. But at right now, I think I'm kind of in the middle between like I'm okay with it being a 4-2 or Valor. I mean, I mean the, sometimes the first army in the tier list is a little bit hard to place it down because you don't have anything to compare it with. We can always change the <laughs> ranking a little bit later. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, if it does end up at Valor, maybe I put it at, like, the end of Valor, like, the, out of all of them. We'll see with the other one. There's a lot of good legendary legions in this book, I think, though. So. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I'm fine with a high fortitude or low Valor, but that's about where I'm seeing it. It's a low Valor for me. Okay, so the second legendary legion we're going to talk about is uh, the Defenders of Erebor. So this list is basically a alliance between Dale with King Brandon, Prince Bard II, and the Erebor Reclaim side, which is uh, Dane Ironfoot, King of the Mountain, and Thorin III. So firstly, I haven't seen this list at any tournaments I've gone to this year, which might be a sign of its competitive level not being up there, but also it could just be 
the fact that the other legions have so many new cool releases and this one is most of it is still like the same warriors that we know could be the case but what do you guys think of this one i know we did a dane episode and we were kind of unsure about how good this one is i think it's kind of like overlooked honestly and that's maybe because the way trapping works with the, the faqs is is a little funky now so it's like it, it's really hard to trigger their special rule compared to before that one faq came out so i'm i i don't know but you can basically make your entire front line of i don't know say 800 points you get all four of the big named heroes so you have banner effects over the entire line you do a 50 50 split so your entire line is going to be fight for defense seven probably because you put dwarves in the front everybody's re-rolling once to wound and you have four combat heroes with three attacks. Like, I think there's something there, and I think that that could actually do a lot of damage. I would tentatively say Valor, because lots of, like, tented Richard's, like, losing it. <laughs> He's shocked. But again, like, maybe at the bottom end of Valor, because banner effects all over an entire Fight for army, and getting that many three-attack heroes is good. Like, I've playtested a lot of lists where you get, like, four three-attack heroes on foot, and even though they're on foot, it's okay, because there's just so many of them, and they're all going to be, like, doing some amount of damage. But um, I, I know people are going to disagree with, with me on this one. Yeah, I, I don't know about Valor. I, I, I do think it could be potentially underrated, because, I mean, I think they're beautiful models, but I think it says something if the models are so nice that you know it's so underplayed because I, I remember there was a lot of hype like looking at you know the models when they first got previewed and everything maybe it could be a boring factor <laughs> not that like they're like boring models but the rules like the legendary legion and the specials that it give like they're fine but i don't think it just i don't know it doesn't really add much to the play style essentially it's just you have this all foot army and you fight a little bit better personally i don't see the appeal and i think maybe that could be reflected to other competitive players remember how in the dane episode we were struggling to give it like over the score of like a four or five and that was a dane with a six inch banner effect he doesn't have that in this legion and we just talked about brandon bard being a little bit overcosted. so when like your named heroes are all a little bit underwhelming like richard said it's hard to be excited to play it and also just like the iron hill warriors and the dale warriors don't really synergize that well like you lose the dale shooting buff when you take this legion so you're almost just spamming out knights the dale warriors they're fight for just like the dwarves so you probably prefer to take dwarves because the warriors dale are only d5 so it, like the dale doesn't really add all that much other than adding in named heroes so that you can spam out your potential pure combats and banner effects i actually think i would prefer to take a pure airborne reclaimed over this i just think that it doesn't have a lot of synergies to make it like a super competitive list I would say this one is either like a fortitude or a minor. Yeah, so um, looking at the Dane profile again, I, I think I think at 130 points, he's 
he's not just mediocre. I think I think he's definitely overcosted. He's definitely not the old. And when I say old, I meant the old profile, which is the young Dane. Not confusing at all, right? But basically, he's a lot a lot worse than the one on the pig. <laughs> this legendary legion suffers heavily from the same thing Mordor does, in that there's better options, right? So what you just compared to Richard is the 130 point old Dan, which compared to the young Dan is obviously nowhere near. But if you think about the young Dan itself, I personally believe the young Dan is 20 points undercosted. It's ridiculous what you get for the young Dan. So the fact that the young Dan is out there is automatically for reason for you to go like, oh my gosh, this old Dan sucks compared to like his younger self, which I guess kind of makes sense. But um, if you didn't have that young Dan, I actually love the profile of the old Dan. And I'm also coming from it from, you know, 15 years ago when it was just the old Dan profile, which this pretty much matches it. So maybe I'm nostalgic, maybe I'm unreasonable about it, but I kind of like it, but it suffers from the fact that there's better options out there. There's the Young Dan profile, there's the Pure Erebor Reclaimed, where you get Thorin, there's Dale Legendary Legions, there's, you know, Iron Hills Pure, which arguably is better than this. So while I think this has potential, there's just also really good options. So it's hard to see it thrive i've never played it as well but i would rate it as a fortitude that's just where i personally put it but I'm drop it into fortitude do it do it do it yeah I, I was actually leaning towards okay maybe not minor but definitely fortitude put it at the end of fortitude i think okay i'm gonna amend my statement from earlier i think it would be a lot better and possibly into valor if all the heroes were 10 points cheaper all those four named heroes because then you could actually get the numbers up a bit more. It's very fair. Okay, so the next legendary legion is the Bjornings. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? This is the final good legendary legion in the book. Wow, it really made bears great again. <laughs> I have I haven't even played it, but I've just seen like YouTube bat reps and people talking about it. I'm like, yes, the bears are great now. They're finally worth 200 points. I, I'm surprised, honestly. Like, I, when I first looked at it, I thought for sure it was going to be one of those memeless, like, like Fangorn or something. But, like, because, like, Bjorn definitely wasn't a good, well-costed hero. And then you add Grim Bjorn, which looked pretty similar. And I mean, like, the Legendary Legion bonuses making, like, the transforming into bears like a bit more consistent which is nice but i don't know i didn't see it being super crazy but apparently i'm hearing other things oh it's insane <laughs> it's ridiculous it really is okay so i have never played against this i've never played with it but what i did do is i had the pleasure of watching the guy who wrote this legendary legion play with it and it's ridiculously stupid <laughs> The free transform is honestly the biggest thing. And I saw Jay, Claire, use this free transform. Because what I didn't realize, and it's not really written, but it's the way it's played, is that when you transform, you go into base contact. You don't go into the center. You only go into the center if you have nowhere else to go, per the FAQ. But if you have somewhere else to go, you go into base contact. 
So you basically get a free transform, a full movement, and then possibly a, another free transform at the start of your next move and a full movement. So you can basically skip, I think it's like five and a half inches or something like that across the board. And I saw him, and what also it allows you to do is, because you're consistently free transforming, you can move your full eight inches of the bear behind a wall, transform into base contact, so you go like the nine inches into the man, and you're hidden behind a wall where nobody has line of sight of you. They get to move. You get to transform into base contact with your man who is now, who was behind a wall, is now out of the wall because you're going to base contact with that man. And now as the bear, you have line of sight and you can charge. So basically you can hide behind a wall and get free charge with the bear. And also the five plus fury saves is ridiculous. I didn't know it was base contact. I thought it was center. So that actually makes the transforming way easier than I thought it was. Oh, it's insane. I like I play tested a couple small like skirmishes with this, and what I notice is if you run them like the the hero when it's not transformed next to like a building, and you get stuck there, you just can't transform because you don't have enough space to do it. But if it's base contact, then it's fine because he just displaces other models out of the way, right? Right. Oh, that is cheeky. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. And isn't yeah. there that no. FAQ that came out to further help it as well? Basically, the displacement happens if you don't have anywhere to put it into base contact with. So if you don't have anywhere to put base to base, then you just displace. Yeah, I was watching Jay do this as he hid behind a wall and he just had uh, Bjorn as a man just hiding behind a wall. And he'd be like, okay, I lost priority. Sweet, go ahead and move. And the guy would move. And then he'd be like, okay, I'm going to transform out from behind this wall to around the wall. And now I've got line of sight of you and I'm going to charge you with my bear. And I was like, hey, really? Where does it I mean, say you transform with base contact? Sorry, I'm looking at the rule right now. It and doesn't just, say. It doesn't say. It just the says replace. Thing, exactly. Replace. And which means it goes. And he was telling me that's just base to base. Only in the FAQ does it say in the center. And if in the FAQ, it only says if you don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. That's straight from Jay. He was telling me this, and I was watching him do this. I, like, I want to see more FAQs on this. This is, this so is scary silly. good. This is, it's scary good. And I, he was basically showing me how he can skip across the board in two turns. You can also transform it from heroic combats as well. It counts yeah. as a move. The yeah. only thing is you have to do the transformation at the start of the model's move. Yeah. So you can't like cheese it in the middle. But, I mean, you can still clearly cheese it, as you're saying, so... Just want to um, cover the Legendary Legion itself. I think, yeah, I agree with you guys. This is the most competitive way to probably play the two bears, mm-hmm. since there are three rules in the Legion that buff both heroes. I think this list has probably like a sweet spot where it's the best at. I think once you have the two heroes in there and a handful of Bjornings, like maybe like more than six so your opponent can't just target them and break so maybe like 700 ish points i think it's probably really strong because once you go a little bit higher you're gonna have to deal with like bigger heroes and magic and stuff like that so i don't know about low points if you just take one hero and then bjornings but essentially bjornings are all like two attack burly warriors with uh two wounds and have access to great bows and they're pretty good in combat they're they're basically like a little bit like half trolls, a little softer, a little, a little more fragile. But do you guys think this would be good at low points as well? I mean, it depends on how low you go. 
let's go really low. 300 points. You take Grim Bayorn and five Bayornings. That's scary in this Legion. 400 points. Do you go for... Well, I mean, I guess you go two bears unless you... One bear and ten Bjornings, I think. It's... it's you're probably going to, and I mean, at least in our local ones, you'd be forced to because we'd have a, we have the three model minimum on a lot of our events, or four yeah. model minimum, depending. Five hundred points, two bears, and five guys, or do you go and just hide the five guys at the back with the two bears go crazy? That's totally viable. Like I think it's it scales pretty well, maybe all the way up to eight hundred points. You know, eight hundred to a thousand, it's probably not great because there's so much other stuff, but it's still not bad. I mean, I'll go by your guys' word. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people are scared of bears here. I'm still a little skeptical because, like, the Bjornings are still, like, defense four. So, I don't know. Maybe because I play armies with a little bit higher model count, and I feel like if you can kind of stuff the bears and make them not do as much damage, I think you're probably in a fine position. I, I don't know. I think this is, like... A pretty strong like maybe like casual pickup game kind of list but i don't know if it can be like competitive competitive if people are like min maxing in a tournament i don't know how much i like your chances even with like the transform shenanigans especially i feel like after a couple games you probably figure it out a little bit i think the hardest thing is like yeah, you're right. It, it's obviously focused on the warriors. The two bears with monsters charge are going to do the thing, right? And they get the five plus fury save. So it's almost impossible to kill the bears. So if you're going to win, it's kill the warriors and break. But the warriors still get a banner. I mean, from the bears. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a lot of stacking. I, I get where you're coming from, Mitchell. I'm I'm just trying to temper my excitement because I kind of want to paint up this army and play it as well. True. Yeah. Trying to so like it, you know, at the end of the day, you you still have only two heroes, right? So let's say you sure. roll it, you lose a heroic move roll off, and both bears sure. are pinned. You don't get the monster charge, and the rest of your list is kind of you're kind of playing like a gray company list, right? Yeah. Or, well, you're by five, so you're better, but like they're still defense four, and especially at like the points that we're saying that it's best at, your opponent might have like double the models. But, yeah, if you had a couple um, of chariots. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a list with a lot of crossbows or any yeah. strength war army, right? Rerolls are nice, and having base two attacks are nice. They don't have spear support, so that's to make up for that. But if you lose a combat like against like a pike block or a strength four army with support, like a Bjorning can still go down in one combat. So I want to say this list does probably take still a lot of skill to play, and the the players that are doing well with it. I think there's a good chance that a lot of them are seasoned players and, and they know what they're doing. So I would put it above the two good legions that we've tiered so far. <laughs> I, I think I would I, I would have to vote for the two just I don't know if it would consistently podium, but I'm a skeptic when it comes to these weird small lists. I'm gonna put it as a valor. Yeah, I'd, I'm going to put it as a Valor as well. But, I mean, maybe bottom of Valor compared to, the, like, the, the any of the other ones that are going in there. I, I, I think there's maybe one other of the ones that are left that it would go above it, like, in a Valor. The other ones would definitely be higher. I'm thinking more of it being a high fortitude, so it looks like it might be a, a split vote here. The viewers can decide. <laughs> I guess we could put it in Valor for now, just so that there's... 
it's more spread out it's more yeah. spread. <laughs> yeah yeah i can make modifications if, if needed i have one issue with this legion i don't understand why there isn't the normal bayornings list including the two heroes the bayornings and the army bonus for that is they get that the monsters get monstrous charge and then you have this legion separately so then you could ally this with Thranduil's Halls, and there would be a point to doing that Green Alliance. Wouldn't that be nice? No, it wouldn't, because then you'd <laughs> see a bear with Monsters Charge in every single good list. No, but it only gets it with the Green Allies. It only has one Green Ally. Yeah, like if uh, Ian's saying if it's an army bonus. Uh, um, yeah. Still be... I, I, yeah, I agree with Ian. I think we covered this in an open topic previously, where this is kind of where the the rules are going where they want us to play the legendary legions and so they make them really good but uh, i mean they included the alliance matrix so it would be nice if if there was a good reason to ally with randall i agree yeah it's, it's just yeah frustration all right so we'll place it in valor but in my heart it's a fortitude okay <laughs> okay <laughs> okay before we get to the rest of the segment, I just want to remind everyone to please like the video if you enjoy this content, and please consider subscribing to the channel as we have a whole bunch of new content coming your way, and subscribing means that you'll be notified whenever a new video is posted. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Now on to the rest of this segment. The fell beings of Mirkwood. Okay. <laughs> I would not Next. put that as independent. <laughs> I, I hey, wouldn't have I, rated this very well at all but there's been a couple recent tournaments in the uk i saw where this was like winning this like, is not winning podium, like this winning. is podium but this again is, again i've seen this legendary legion podium more than the emperor again you guys are pointing out like these top players who are taking these quirky lists like j j claire won with Lothlorien, like are we going to put Lothlorien as a top tier? No, don't yes. go there. Oh, when this Legion came out, I really, really hated it. I, uh, but I think after thinking about it, I don't think that it's bad. I just don't like the way it was designed and written. Because it, it's essentially a Mirkwood and Denizen's alliance with, like, conditional rules, like Woodland Creature and Hatred. Of, and that's, I mean, Razgoosh gets a little bit bonus, but it's it's basically about, like countering elves and that has like a really meme tier like bottom tier energy to it for me but it has a spider queen mordor is a competitive list this is like a restricted version of mordor but then you do have the spider queen you do have bat swarms both like really good models i would say that a mordor and a denizen's yellow alliance is better but because it's it's a restricted version of two really good armies i still think that it can be decent I'm also thinking about the fact that one of the other legions that we're about to talk about is very, very popular, which pushes more elves to be out there. It makes this legion a lot more prevalent. So the fact that, well, I'll just say it, the host of the Dragon Emperor is out there, so Fight 5 block is out there. I'm seeing so many Lothlorien Fight 6 or Last Alliance Fight 6 elves or Fight 5 elves with Elven Blades out there. That it kind of makes this a little more prevalent in the in the meta. Just that's another thing. But so the the elf bonus, while it doesn't always pay off, it is kind of paying off. So you're saying the the good thing about this legion is it counters the counter meta. Yes. Uh, big brain. I like it. 
I like it. Dude, that's so meta. I can't even <laughs> broke through anymore. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What I love about this is they all like, okay, I'm going to take this to counter this. Well, I'm going to take this to counter this, which counters that. And I kind of like it. It's kind of fun. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I think I agree with Charles in what he's saying. All like, right, all right. Like with well with like the two different lists, right? Like you could ally these two or three lists together normally in a yellow alliance, and you get better heroes. Like the name tiers you get from those lists doing that alliance is better than what you get in this legion. However, if you're willing to take slightly worse versions than that and go for the unnamed versions of those heroes, you get this list, which you know it'd be a fine list in the yellow. But then you pick up all these nice special rules for countering elves, which I don't know. If, if we're assuming, you know, Mitchell's right, like, we're getting a lot of elves at tournaments, and I think you get a lot of elves anyway at tournaments. What are the odds? You know, like, you're probably going to play one elf list at an event. Maybe more, maybe two. In, like, a five or six game event. But even then, if you're facing, like, two out of five, like, it feels bad in three out of five, right? That's why I hate, like, these kind of, like, specialized rules. I mean, but does it feel like that bad though? Because you still have like a good core list anyway. I would it feels argue bad. That. It feels bad. <laughs> I, I, I would argue that the the core list is good because you're missing, like, for the Mordor side, you you just have orc warriors and war riders, right? Like that's you're missing like defense six. You're missing like black Numenorians. You're there's so much of Mordor that you could have in a yellow alliance. I guess that makes it a well balanced list though because you have decisions. <laughs> that's true okay you guys have convinced me but no higher than a minor what <laughs> i was actually thinking fortitude because it has bat swarms and spider queen both like top tier profiles me personally i would put this above the Erebor, but below the dale i don't think i go that far if we're gonna put in fortitude it can go at the bottom of fortitude i'm, I'm fine with that uh, I think yeah, this bottom. is worse worse than Erebor. Worse than um, Dane, yes. I, I would, yeah. I would rather have Venerable Dane. Like, <laughs> if I smash these two lists up to get against each other, I mean, I know they're not getting a lot of their bonuses. Well, never mind. I can't make that comparison. They're not getting a lot of the bonuses, and the dwarf one would be. So, I mean, let's compare this to an elf legendary legion. Oh wait, there's only one, and that's a meme. I feel like the uh, the gears in Mitchell's head is turning right now. Like I should be building this army. <laughs> I do have the Spider Queen. Anyways, I, don't worry about it. For, let's forget about it. It's terrible. Let's put it as independent. Don't don't worry about this one. <laughs> Our next legendary legion is Host of the Dragon Emperor. This one's a minor. Yeah. Coming from is there one below the minor? I don't know. I I I'd, I'd at least put it like you know. Below Man of the West. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Who needs a 12-inch banner? Emerald. That's about it. Plus okay. one fight value. Six inches. Who? Ah, okay. That's not even Got the bonuses it. in the Legion. Like, don't need it. Emperor's good enough. Hot take here. I think this Legion slash army list is the best in the game right now. As of 2022, December, the best. I don't think that's a hot take. I think I can think there's three better. It's it's a hot take because Mitchell's here, and I know he'll disagree with me. I think the only reason why it's not as prevalent 
as the next legion we're going to talk about is because of entry cost and you know we don't all have the money that mitchell's making so <laughs> so you're saying pay to win <laughs> i hate you guys uh, so much <laughs> i think this is definitely in the top two legendary legions in the game right now and yeah so spoilers it's it's an easy legend for me i just don't think how you can put it in any other tier personally recently covered this in another uh, video in the previous episode if you guys want to check it out the dragon emperor rune and we talk about the legendary legion and kind of why we think that this is one of the best lists right now it's good it is good i would also put it as a legend if i'm being honest honest i don't think it's top three legendary legions out there i think assault on lothlorien is better i think i think that riders of theoden is still better even with the nerf and i think assault on helm's deep is still better even with the nerf but and you could even say white council is still annoying to deal with even with the nerf Ooh, those are uh those are huge reaches mitchell I'm just saying, it's still good. Don't get me wrong, it's good. It's up there. The problem is, if you play one list with another one, it it does better than the other. So, like, if the Dragon Emperor played um, Riders of Theoden, obviously Dragon Emperor would crush it. If Dragon Emperor played Assault on Florian, Assault on Florian would crush it. And I have facts to prove this. And so, like, it, I don't know. They're they're all really good. Dragon Emperor is really good. I'd still put it as Legend. I'd agree. I think it's well balanced. I think it's a really good list. I just don't think it's OP. I'm I'm not gonna say it's OP. But even if you don't say it's OP, I think you can still say it's number one. I think I think saying it's like fifth out of all legendary legions, I think uh I'm not saying it's fifth. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of other good ones out there. I mean, think of the depths of Moria. I mean, I would love to take depths of Moria against the Dragon Emperor. I mean, there's a lot of good legendary legions out there. I just don't think it's number one. I'm not saying it's number five. I'm just saying I don't think it's number one. <laughs> come, come on, right. come on. I just, agree. I just, like, come agree. meet in the middle. Meet in the middle a little bit. It's, it's on the podium. I, I, I haven't podiumed with it. I, I mean, the I mean, I'm a craft player, but I, I. <laughs> Legions. Podium. I'm just kidding. No, it, it is really good. I, I will say it is really, really good. It's a solid list. Gives you a lot of numbers. Gives you a lot of strengths. Throws a lot of dice into combat with a lot of D6 Fight 5 models. Has a 12-inch banner. Has really solid heroes with Master of Battle. Solid casting. It's it's very well-rounded. It's a legend for sure. We go into this Legion quite a bit more in the Dragon Emperor episode, so please check that one out if you want more of an in-depth breakdown on... Uh, why we think it's good and why Mitchell thinks it's only pretty good. And, not uh, at all trying to talk it down so it's not popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to the final Legendary Legion, Assault on Lothlorien. Eh. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this thing anymore. I'm over <laughs> it. It's, it's good, okay? Okay, I'll I'll put this right behind the Dragon Emperor. Where it belongs. <laughs> That's a okay. bold statement. I admit it. It's a legend. 
See, I'm not biased. I play Do you admit the. It's better than the Emperor, though. No, of course not. <laughs> we also recently covered this in another podcast episode for a full breakdown of the Legendary Legion. You can also find it in our episode in season three. I think it's a pretty close one. All four of us were at Nova Open this year, and we saw these two Legendary Legions everywhere basically take over the event so both very popular both very powerful personally i would i would put assault on lothrorian maybe a little bit ahead of the dragon emperor legion but i think they're pretty close yes uh with ian nodding i'm i'm guessing i'm being outvoted here all right. Unless we'll see what Mitchell says, but I'm I'm guessing based on his previous statements, he's also <laughs> embraced. Um, I don't know. Like it, it it is hard for me to say. I I think if I'm being strictly honest, I think Assault on the Thorian is extremely popular right now and not as good as everybody says it is. I think same goes for the Dragon Emperor. So the problem with the Assault on Lothorian is it, it it wins. It's extremely powerful. It's extremely good. But I don't see it getting the 12-0 wins. I've seen it in like three or four tournaments now. I still don't see it getting like the 12-0 wins consistently. Usually it's like really, really close wins. And I've played it in tournaments three times, I, I think. And I've only lost against it once. And just happened to be Richard. Were you uh, but, using the Emperor Legion against it in those three times? Yes. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yes. I think what gives Lothlorien an edge over Dragon Emperor, in my opinion, is just how difficult it is to counter Assault on Lothlorien. Like, there's no main target in the list where it's, like, one model giving all the buffs or one model that's, like, the beat stick it's kind of very hard to fight because there's so many things you have to watch out for so many threats dragon emperor it's it's also very hard to disable the buffs but you kind of know it's kind of all in the dragon emperor or mostly is in one model and so if you happen to have a counter for it like let's say like a siege engine or something and you could get that palkin off the table early on in the game like there are some lists that can it can neutralize it more easily. I know they're both legends. Let's just be honest. Let's let's <laughs> yeah, let's so. personal vendettas aside. They're both really good legendary legions. They're both up there. Yeah, that's fair. Honestly, like arguing which one is slightly better when they're both like this good is like yeah, that's it's kind yeah. of redundant. I think I can concede to that middle ground. I think they're one and two right now. And I would say it's not even just Legendary Legions. I think arguably, like, all lists included. So, yeah, I will I will say I've been to Nova, I've been to Clash, and both times it was, what am I going to do if I see an Emperor? What am I going to do if I see an Assault on the Florian? So that's definitely what we're going for right now. All right, so just to recap, we actually didn't have anything in the bottom two tiers today, but in the Fortitude tier... We have leading the 4-2 tier, the Army of Dale, followed by the Defenders of Erebor, followed by Felbings of Mirkwood. In the Valor tier, we have the Baronings. And in the Legend tier, we have Assault on Lothlorien, just above Host of the Dragon Emperor. 
So that has been our tier list of Defense of the North. Please let us know what you think in the comments below. And thank you all for listening. I look forward to the next episode of Into the West.